0: Of our life Lord we can see Where you stepped in And we can see God Where you hindered The devil's plans Lord you tore apart To sea; You made a way Where there seemed To be no way God even when Many of us here today Who are out in sin And unbelief Yet the love of God watched over that seed Because you were Determined Father That you were going to Have a bride In this hour That bride was going to come out of every kindred, tribe, tongue, people, and nation. There'd be some come from Mississippi, some come from Louisiana, some come from Arizona, some come from Washington State, some come from wherever, Florida, wherever it may be, Father. You were determined. And Lord, I believe you're as much determined today in this service as you were then. And God, and we're here today to unify our voices. We're here today to unify our spirits. God, we're here today to hear not from a man, but from the very presence of Almighty God. Lord, I believe today, Lord, that you've laid this thought upon my heart earlier this week. And I believe you have a people, Lord God, that's prepared to hear what their spirit would have to be said this morning. And Father, now I'm asking that you'll anoint my lips to speak only those things that will edify your people. Lord, you would anoint the ears of your people to only be able to receive that which is given for the elect in this hour. God, as my voice will fall on their ears, I pray, God, that you would just fall upon their hearts right now. Let the word have its final resting place this morning. Lord, may the word have preeminence in every heart, every life, every situation. Because we believe you're God. I believe this morning, Lord, that you're God. Lord, I believe right here, right now, this presence that I'm feeling, Lord, right here on this platform. God, I feel your presence. It just drew so near to me, Father. And I'm asking now, Lord, as I have pages laid before me, God, that you'll anoint these notes this morning. You'll anoint the scripture. You'll anoint the quotes. You'll anoint the very thoughts of a man, God, to be able to speak, Lord, and permeate the walls, Lord, that have been built up and you tear down this morning, God. Have your way this morning now, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles this morning, we'll have you turn to 1 Kings 20 and verse 21. And as you're turning there this morning, I just want to say thank you to all those that showed up for the church work day yesterday. We had a, well, we had a tremendous time. We had a lot done. Uh, I want to thank all the brothers and the sisters that could make it out. We really appreciate the hand. And I'm sure Brother Tim and Timothy and Brother Aaron was here as well. They'd, they'd encourage you and say thanks for showing up and thanks for putting your shoulder together to the wheel. Church looks better on the outside. Yes. You say, well, it looks the same. Well, you wasn't here. <laughs> It looks better on the outside. Thank you, Brother Jackson, Brother Joseph, uh, for helping with the prayer, pressure washing and cleaning it up, and the brothers that helped build the fence back there. We just appreciate everybody and what everybody's done. The sisters cleaning the baseboards and straightening up the fellowship hall. There's a lot to went into yesterday, and just want to thank you as a church. Appreciate your labors of love to the Lord and to the body of Christ. This morning, I want to look here, and I want to speak to you uh, just for a little while this morning on there's a miracle in your valley. There's a miracle in your valley. So this morning, if you will, just give me the liberty and I ask one thing of you. Don't look at your neighbor's valley. Don't look at what your brother or sister or some other church is doing, their struggles. I want you to realize there's a miracle in your valley. Your valley. We're each here this morning. We have Our life is filled of ups and downs ebbs and flows deep deep mountains and deep deep valleys but there's a miracle in your valley for you this morning let's just pray oh we've already prayed my i'll pray again brother brother michael man he just tremendous prayer this morning we'll read the scripture and we'll get into it you can tell i'm just a tad bit nervous uh the, the lord has something very special for us this morning the kings of israel this is verse 21 the kings of israel went out And they smote the horses and chariots and they slew the Syrians with a great slaughter. And the prophet came to the king of Israel and he said unto him, go strengthen thyself and mark and see what thou doest for at the return of the year, the king of Syria will come against thee. Notice now, even though you may have had one victory, that's not the time to let down your guard. But he's being forewarned by a prophet, go and strengthen yourself Because that enemy that you just defeated, he's coming back. And we find here the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, Their gods are the gods of the hills. Therefore, they were stronger than we. But let us fight against him in the plain, and surely we shall be stronger than they. And do this thing. Take the kings away, every man out of his place, and put captains in their rooms. And number thee an army like the army that thou hast lost, horse for horse and chariot for chariot. And when we fight against them in the plain, and surely we shall be stronger than they. And he hearkened unto their voice, and he did so. And it came to pass at the return of the year that Benadad numbered the Syrians and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. And the children of Israel were numbered and were all present. Notice, they were numbered and they were all present. And they went against them, and the children of Israel pitched before them like two little flocks of kids. Probably about the size of the ELT church youth group. Two little flocks of kids. But the Syrians filled the, the valley or filled the country. And there came a man of God, and he spake unto the king of Israel, and he said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is a God of the hills, but he is not the God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver all this great multitude in thy hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. God bless you. You can have your seats this morning. Just go ahead and pull my jacket off to get comfortable. Just pray this morning that you come with a great expectation to receive appreciate everyone that's here so we want to look at this tonight or this morning rather and we see that the israelites were were largely a mountain people a hill people even so much so that ahab was informed by the prophet that the syrians had a false opinion about their god that he's the god that can only win battles on the mountaintops He's a God that would only fight for his people while things were going great and there was no struggles in life. And, you know, as long as he can keep you focused on that, that that he was only God on the good times, but he's not God in the low times, he's not God in the valleys, then he's got you conquered. But we find here that the, the topography of the land of Philistine, the topography was a land that was, had numerous valleys, numerous uh, large mountains, and some of these mountains and valleys, different things of that nature, they would be called deep gorges or, or broad plains and, and wide valleys. So I want you, when you think about the word plain and you think about the word valley, I want you to think about non-mountainous positions and non-mountainous conditions. And we find here, though... In Deuteronomy 8, and verse 7, it says, The Lord thy God, he bringeth thee into a good land. How many can say amen to that this morning? He bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out valleys and hills. Notice this land that we're going into is a land that has hills and valleys, ups and downs. So he's telling us, forewarning us that this Christian journey, it's a good journey, but it's got some hard times and some good times. But he says, now the land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, of land of oil, olive and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness and thou shalt not lack anything in this land. So we find that this valley situation and this this valley is being typed out as a great land. It's a land where the people of God can be fruitful. It's a land where the blessings of God can begin to flow into the people. But when we read the scriptures, the Syrians accuse God, our God or the Israelites, God, that he can only fight when they're in the mountain. He can only win when they're in the mountain. So not only do we find the word valley as a, a place of, 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 of fruitfulness and blessings, but it's also known as a land of wars and battles. See, Satan is going to do everything he can to disrupt the blessings that God has for you. And so he comes into your valley and he begins to wage war. We find that broad valleys and plains often become scenes where great historic battles in the Old Testament were carried out. But yet, in these places, our lives are to be fruitful. Notice, your life will never manifest what God has intended for you to manifest as long as you only lived on the mountaintop. But it's when our lives dip into that valley and, and we begin to face some hard times. Not every day that you're in a valley is a bad day. Let me just go ahead and t- say that. There's some good times. Th- God is doing something. Otherwise, he wouldn't have a purpose for bringing you there. Because he says, I'm bringing you into a good land. So this morning, can we, even like Tabernacle and those that are on the stream, quit kicking against the pricks and and complaining about where God has you and why life is so awful and, and nothing seems to be going your way. I'm telling you this morning, God is bringing you into that good land because God sees something inside of your life that he's trying to draw out of you. And it takes a valley condition. It takes getting down in there when things are a little bit tough and things are a little bit rough and ain't nobody on your side and things ain't going your way, that God is molding you in the valley because God sees the seed that he placed inside of you and he's determined I'm going to have somebody in Laodicea. I'm going to have somebody in Evening Life, I'm going to have somebody in this generation that's going to be fruitful and they're going to come through the valley. God is determined he's going to produce a miracle in your valley this morning. But see, the enemy wants you to feel that God can only fight for you when everything is great. He's only God when things are great, when you got a surplus in the bank account. He's only God when all the kids are serving the Lord. Come on, church. He's only God when you ain't when you wake up every morning and you feel no pain. Everything's great. Now, you old people, you be shouting hallelujah on that one, right? But see how the devil likes to twist it. The devil will tell you he is not God for you while you're in the valley. Because if he was God, you wouldn't be there. If he was God, you wouldn't be sick. If he was God, you would have plenty of money. If he was God, your children would be sitting right next to you this morning in service if he was God. But what does God say? I'm not only God of the hills, I'm also God of your valley. Oh, I'm going to tell you this morning, even like Tabernacle, He's not only God of the hills in your good times. Quit looking away at the valley conditions and look back to the promise. God, you said, You give me my children, and they and their offspring shall be there. Lord, I'm holding you to the promise. You gave me a hilltop experience. But Lord, I'm in the valley this morning. I'm claiming my son I'm claiming my daughter I'm claiming them this morning why? because you're God of the hills and you're God of my valley you're God this morning you're the savior this morning see he's both God of the hills as well as God of the valley see God resented he resented them saying that he can only be victorious for his people when things are going great, and God resents the devil when he tells you that the devil when he tells you that nobody loves you because if they did, you'd be getting phone calls every day, you'd be getting text messages every day, you'd get emails every day. Well, come on, everybody, just wake up this morning. We're living in the real world. There's only one that is obligated to walk with you through that valley. It ain't your mother. It ain't your father. It ain't your brother. And It ain't your sister. It's God. And God gave us a word. No matter where you go, where you walk in life, he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you and even in you. So notice now, there came a man of God and he spake unto the king of Israel, verse 28. Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, the Lord is God of the hills, but he is not the God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver this great multitude. God is determined. God is determined, right? He says, therefore I will will deliver not some not one not two but he says I will deliver all of this great multitude you may look like little small flocks of kids out on the landscape you may be outnumbered this morning the enemy may have you garrison this morning but God is determined I will deliver from this great multitude so no matter what you're facing this morning no matter what you're going through this morning you need to lift up your head and say thank you Lord today that you're my God in my valley and though I'm out number and though I'm surrounded I know one thing for sure I'm surrounded by the hands of almighty God I'm surrounded by the love of Jesus I'm surrounded by a heavenly host oh hallelujah God is determined this morning to destroy your enemy come on even like Tabernacle did you hear what he said God is determined this morning to destroy your enemy All of them. That enemy come in your home trying to destroy your marriage, yeah. trying to take your kids. Hallelujah. you got a claim on them this morning. Right. God is determined. Yeah. Yeah. Why well, can't we let us be as much determined as God is determined? Amen. God's determined you're going to have your children. Won't you be as much determined this morning to claim them? Amen. God. Yes. God is determined that by my stripes you are healed. Won't you be as much determined this morning to say, Yes, Lord, I believe the promise. God is determined this morning that you can walk in faith and you can have victory over every tormenting spirit. Won't you be determined this morning to rise up and say, Today, fear is your last day. Today, depression is your last day. Today, complexes is your last day. You've got the promise, church. You've got the word. you got a promise from the great physician. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you, but I'll walk with you. I'll walk with you. Reminds me of a time when God told a prophet, Won't you come and walk with me? Stroll with me for a little while. Oh, my church. You got that same promise. Stroll with him. He's going to walk. He's God. And let me just tell you God is not constrained by any geographical location, God is not inhibited by your circumstance. See, he's God, he's almighty. He's the undisputable champion. He's never lost a battle. He's never will, he's never lost a soul. See, we know that if we can ever understand the true meaning of God's sovereignty over the hills and the valleys, then we can have peace. Knowing no matter where I walk, what day it is for me, whether I'm up on top of the mountain Or I'm sliding down the other side and I'm slipping into a deep gorge or the plains of a valley and life is getting to get tough. It doesn't matter because I know no matter where I'm at, God is there. No matter what I go through, God is faithful. Now, the Bible will tell us even when we're not faithful, he remains faithful. Even when you turn your back on God, God doesn't turn his back on you. Oh, come on, church. But Satan wants to, he wants you to forget about who you are. See, because if you can ever know who you are, then you'll know who you are not. Some of y'all need to be writing this down. Be like Brother Josh Martin. That's some good preaching right there. But see, if you know who you are, then you know who you are not. And if you know who you are, then you know that you're predestinated to eternal life and nothing can by any means harm you, nothing can by any means affect you, but see, but Satan wants you to forget who you are, he wants you to forget your position in the body, he wants you to forget who your God is, he wants you to be overwhelmed by your circumstances, he wants you to be overwhelmed by the pains in your body and the doctor's report and the enemies at your face, but God sent you a message in this last day and that message was to stir your heart that tell you that I'm not only God of the hills of the good times but I'm your God when you're in the lowest of lows and the deepest of valleys I'm your God I'll meet you there I'll see you through the other side Amen. he's to let you know this morning no matter what experience you face I'm there and I'm God and I got your back that's Mississippi slang is that right brother L God's got your back Military terms, they would call it, I got you six. Some of y'all figure that out tomorrow. Just look at the clock on the wall. God has got our back, church. We have nothing to fear. But see, we find today that the enemy has come down in this hour. He has come down, and many times some of you feel like you're not winning a battle. Come on. A little class participation this morning. You know, there's times you feel like you can't keep going. There's times you feel like you're losing the battle because the enemy has come against you. He's come down and he's made attack after attack. He's accused and made accusations against you, against your family, against your children. He has threatened you. He has lied to you. He he has deceived you. He has come with all his forces to destroy you and destroy your family. Let me just say, and Satan will use any device and means necessary. That's right. That's right. Now I was listening to a message the other night and I believe it was the Super Sense and it's the most unique place that Brother Brandon brings us out but if you go listen to it at the very beginning of the message he says now, he's speaking to the tabernacle, he says now we all love each other, right? Even the light. <laughs> Some of y'all can at least nod your head, fake it till you feel it We all love each other. He says, now, we all love each other, and we're in harmony here. He says, but, you know, Satan will try to get in. He says, don't ever let a bad thought come against your brother, or you'll mar your experience. Just to let a bad thought or a word to come out against, in ill or in vain against your brother or your sister. He said, then you'll mar your experience. Touch not my anointing and do my prophets no harm. That doesn't just pertain to ministry, but it's talking about the anointing. Amen. We don't want to mar our We love each other. Yes. So keep your guard up yes. because the enemy has come down in your valley and he's come down to destroy you. He has come to bring what should be a fruitful life and the blessings of God to bring you to ruin, to annihilate you once and for all. And what does he do? He comes with fear. And he puts fear a lot of times on our young sisters. And we find now that you know, they, they can't sleep or at night and they're scared to go in their room or, or they, they have to have somebody else shut the blinds and, and all these different things. And he comes with fear and he comes with depression and he comes with anxieties and he hits you with complexes and doubts and all kinds of sickness. He has come with every device imaginable to stop you, to occupy your time, to occupy your energies, to weaken you as a believer so that he can do one that's to conquer your experience and to destroy you while you're here. Now in the message, the junction of time, the prophet of God will tell us how the great turmoil is in the world today and we realize that one thing that caused that, the Bible said that the spirits, the great spirits come down, evil spirits, and God got into those people and done these things and we see the same evil spirits working in our day. And notice now, notice again that not only that, when all hell turns loose, all heaven turns loose also. But let me just say this morning, church, a lot of times when all hell has turned loose on you and it's unleashed its venom on you, the last thing that comes to your mind is those wonderful scriptures. No, you're taking onslaught after onslaught. You're dodging this bullet and that there and that accusation and that thought. But I want you to know, when all hell turns loose on you, and in this hour all hell is opened up its forces and it's unleashed on the bride. But when you know, when all hell is turned loose there's a heaven up there and Almighty God has unleashed all his power. He's unleashed all his angels. He's unleashed all his miraculous venom on that devil of yours. All turn, when hell turns loose on you, look away from hell and look to the response of heaven. Look away from the enemy and look to see what God's going to do about your your situation. See, hell is fighting so hard because we're at another junction. The prophet of God would tell us like this. Now notice again, not only that, when all hell turns loose, all heaven turns loose also. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God raises up a stand. And these two forces has always showed at the junction. And that's why hell is fighting you, because you're at a junction. How many know what a junction is? Well, good, I'm just going to read it for you. A junction is a place or a point of meeting, an intersection of roads, especially where one road terminates. Hall church, we're at a junction. This so earthly tabernacle, is about to terminate. We're at a junction, bride. We're at a time when this body of ours no longer. We're going to lay this old earthly tabernacle down and we're going to pick up those theophany bodies and we're going to transcend dimensions. We're going to be at a wedding supper of a lamb. But until that time, all hell is turned on loose on you. But I want you to know you've got a promise in a word. You've got a promise in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. There's going to be a, an almighty God sweep down and the people are going to pick up theophany bodies and we're going to be changed in a moment. We're going to be changed. Because we're at a junction. This bride is at a rapture junction. She's got a ticket in her hand. She's been thrown down that worldly bag of peanuts. Right. Oh, my hell's determined to destroy you, destroy your family, destroy your children, destroy your heritage, destroy your marriage, destroy you, your confidence that you have in the ministry. Right. Satan's doing everything he can yes, he to destroy the influence of the word in your life. Right. But I want you to know God is more determined. God has determined I'm going to have a bride. For the being God has determined I'm going to have a bride. She's going to be without spot. She's going to be without wrinkle. She's going to be without blemish. I know a lot of times we quote that. But let me tell you, church, that's God's view of you this morning. God's determined you may all you may see is spots, wrinkles, and blemishes, but God doesn't see that. God sees the seed gene that he put down on the inside of it, and he knows you got to get through that valley because when you come up on the other side, church, you're going to be without spot. You're going to be without wrinkle. You're going to be without blemish. You're going to be perfect because God called you for perfection. God's determined that he's going to have a young person that's going to overcome Laodicea. He's going to have a young person that's going to put that device down and push play and feed on the word of God. God's determined he's going to have a husband that's going to be true to his wife. And he's not going to look out at these other little flirters and out there and desire them and, and, and ruin his marriage vow. God is determined He's gonna have a spouse, a wife, that's gonna be that's gonna be true to her husband and give him due benevolence and give him all her love that he can cherish her and pour out his greatest blessings upon her. God is determined. Let me tell you, God is determined this morning to have a church. God is this morning, he's determined to have a people that will serve him. Not because they fear, but because they love God, because he's poured out himself and he's made himself known and he's revealed his deepest, his deepest atmosphere. Are not adversary, but his deepest, his deepest intentions to them. And they know that God Almighty, it ain't a man's opinion, it ain't a man's voice, it ain't a man's desire, but Almighty God has stepped down in the land of sin. He's come to your valley to bring you a miracle. What did he do in this hour? He turned man's heart back. What did he do in this hour? He made known the mysteries. Look at your neighbor. That's the revelation of a mystery. It's still a mystery to some of you. Oh, church, we are manifesting the word that's been hidden from generation to generation. All the loose ends have been tied up. Oh, church, we're not looking for another message. We're not looking for another messenger. God sent down everything that he needed to defeat hell. And I'm going to tell you, and you are the manifestation of this word. Hell doesn't have enough, Brother Mike. mic. I say, hell doesn't have enough. Why? Because all heaven is behind you, and hell can't stop what heaven's blessing. Oh, hallelujah. I say, hell can't stop it this morning. You got a word. You got a promise, and ain't enough devil can hinder that prophecy. I'll have a bride. She'll be without spots. She'll be without premise. All that the Father has given me, they will come. God ain't going to lose one to the valley. God ain't gonna lose what? The sickness. God ain't gonna lose what? The complexes. He's got God in the hills, and He's God in your valley. Oh, hallelujah this morning. Can we rejoice? He is God for you this morning, church. God, just answer never forgets his promise. Shallow is a valley. But in that valley, Hannah received a promise. In that valley, Hannah received a miracle, Brother Mike. She poured her heart out to God and God heard her prayer. When she came back the next year, she brought God a sacrifice. Eli or Samuel, excuse me, Samuel was born because God is going to fulfill his word and bring a miracle in your valley.
1: Yes,
0: sir. See, God is not hindered by geol- geographical locations, God is not hindered by your circumstance, God is not hindered by your church upbringing, God ain't hindered by the way you were raised. Those things don't hinder God because God's looking at one thing, that seed. God's looking for one thing, that seed. See, God never forgets his promise. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. No matter where you walk, no matter how dark, how difficult it may become, he is right there walking with you. Whether you're on the mountaintops, Brother James, or whether you're in the valley, whether you just lost a loved one, God is there. God is faithful. God is faithful. He's faithful to honor his word. See, heaven has turned loose on your behalf this morning. See, that's why hell, that's why hell fights against you because it knows it can't stop what God's doing. He knows, hell knows he don't have enough. When a little, two little flocks on the hillside couldn't destroy this mass army because they're God, fight for them. Oh, I love that song. He's the God that fights for me. Amen. He's the God. Oh, he's your God this morning. He's fighting on your behalf this morning. Amen. Amen. He's a God that fights for hell has tried to stop you. He's done everything that is good to keep you home, to keep you down, to keep you defeated. But heaven has turned loose on you this morning. That's why you're here. That's why you're standing. That's why the devil says, you go home, you don't feel good, you might as well stay at the house. But heaven has come on your side and heaven brings you to the house of God. Heaven encourages you when you can't be encouraged, when you feel like you can't step another foot forward. Heaven is there to encourage you. Why? Because all heaven is behind you, little bride. Get your minds off of heaven get your eyes off of what's going on around you and look to the word this morning heaven is here and heaven is being poured out for you service after service heaven shows up and meets your expectations but I want you to know he said I will do exceeding abundantly above all that you can even ask what you can even think see all heaven has turned loose and God has raised the standard. What is the standard? His word is that standard. And the word of God has never been defeated. The prophet of God will tell us that word will defeat Satan on any grounds, on any place, anywhere, at any time. God's word. Even when you're in the hospital, Brother James, God's word. Even when you feel it's impossible, God's word. Even when the doctor says there's no way, God says, I am the way. Mm. See, you are that bride that's been prophesied to come. You are that Eve that's been predestinated not to fall, not to overcome in her valley, but you overcome. You are the people who are manifesting the power of a living God. This ain't stuff that we just put together and we just think, well, this just sounds great. We're going to throw it on the iPad and and just throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. No, God has come down in this hour. God has come down in this day because he has a body. He has a bride. So quit looking at what hell's doing and let's be under expectation how God is going to respond to hell's outpouring. See, your miracle is in your valley. Your miracle. Brother Jackson, God moved you from Texas to here because he's got a miracle for you. Brother Creed, got a miracle waiting on you. Brother Sam, look what God has performed in your life, in your family. Talking about a miracle, and I'm not saying Emily getting married is a miracle, no. Or Sarah Beth getting engaged to, no. But I'm saying God brought you from one place to another because God can see down the road that we can't see. God looks through the valley. He sees the other side of it. And he knows he's got to lead you here. Sister Mandy and Brother Philip, don't worry about where he's at right now. God's got him right where he needs him. And God knows he's already put a leash around him. And he begins to pull. And let me tell you, when he begins to pull, there ain't enough devils in hell can cut that line. There ain't enough devils in hell can play tug of war with it. Why? Because God, oh, hallelujah. I tell you this morning, God's on the other end, Brother Darryl. God's pulling for Stephanie. God's pulling for Heather. God's pulling this morning. Don't you worry about the valley. God has got a leash around her. God knows who her is. God's pulling. I say God's pulling this morning. And that's why you're here. Because God is pulling on your heart. He's not concerned about the valley. He knows what's laying in there. He knows what's coming out of there. see there there are minerals in that valley that you've got to take part of to help develop your makeup. And so God brings you into that valley. Oh there's times that it's fertile, there's times that it's fruitful. There's times that you're just receiving the blessings of God, but then there's other times, Brother Caleb, it's war. This means war. Hope you got your war clothes on this morning. Because this ain't a picnic. It's a war. You fight in that battle or in that valley, but God's got things laying there for you and only for you because he knows you got to have that. You need that. See, God knew when I was out in the world, he knew what to bring me through. He knew what it was going to take to get a hold of me and to mold my life and change me so I would never look back to where I was going, where I come from. So God knows he has a reason for the valley. Let me tell you, God produced a mighty miracle in that valley of mine. I got a beautiful wife. I got a beautiful family. I got a wonderful church. What if I hated the experience what if I kicked and fussed and screamed no God, no God, no God you can kick and fuss and scream God says you're going anyway because I'm not going to lose one and you will produce or manifest exactly what I have for you to manifest sometimes you're kicking and screaming the whole time you're, you're licking up dirt you're getting things out of it things that you didn't know you need, but God knew you needed it. See, the Syrians, they attacked Israel, and they mistakenly thought that, huh, their God can only fight on the the high tops. They got the great advantage. God said, come on, boys. Come down here. Welcome to the valley. Welcome. See, God was determined he wasn't gonna let you be the victor. He was gonna be the victor. They accused him of not being God in all places. Um, not omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. He was limited. God said, I'm going to show you who, what limits I have. And he's the same God for you today. See, God's not limited by your condition. He's not limited by your sin. He's not limited by your sickness. God's power has no limits then. And God's power has no limits today. Brother Batman would tell us in faith, once delivered to to the saints, he said, when God called Christ from the grave and he ascended up, Jesus left word to his church to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Signs was to follow the church. How far? Unto all the world. Some people want to limit that faith to a creed. So i to limit it to a denomination, but I say this upon the authority of God's word, there is no limit to the faith of God that he left for his church because he said all things are possible to them that believe. It's not limited. Even like Tabernacle, I know Brother Timothy had preached on this several weeks ago, but I'm here to retell you again this morning, the power of God is unlimited. No matter where you at, no matter where you're walking, no matter your situation, no matter if your kids are out in the world, it doesn't. It doesn't matter to God, God's power is unlimited and you can have the authority this morning to tap into unused resources. He says, I'm told by aviators who fly these real fast planes and they say that that plane getting up to a certain speed, oh, it begins to vibrate and it shakes. It seems like the bolts are gonna fly out of it, the wings are gonna come off of it until they pass the sound barrier. But after they once passed that sound barrier, They say the plane just sails out. Oh, don't you want to be that plane this morning? Well, then you got to go through all the shaking. You got to go through all the popping. He said, notice, when it passes the sound barrier, that's the obstacle that's in the way of the plane. When it passes its own sound. And see, and a lot of times, we got to get past our own doubts. If you want to fly at ease, well, God, get past your own doubts. Get past your own unbelief, get past yourself, get past your complex, get past your mistakes, get past your failures, and start believing that the promise of God is yay and amen to the believer and he's able this morning, just as able today as he was for Shamgar, just as able today as he was with the children of Israel when they left Egypt, he's the same God today, church. And when you can believe that he's able and in this service this morning, He's able, and there's a miracle laying before you. He goes, then you'll see God move. You'll witness a living God. You'll understand. Oh, church, some of you may question why we get so emotional. Some of you even right here, critical of all the emotion. You ever get past yourself? What do you mean, Brother Joe? I mean, when God begins to pull on you, And you know God's pulling on you and you know God's pulling on you and sometimes you feel like speaking in tongues or you feel like jumping and you feel like running and you just sit there because you can't get past yourself. You can't get past, what are they gonna think about me? You can't get past, I've never done this before. But if you can ever get past that, Oh, church, if you can ever get past that, what this one thinks, what that one thinks, you can ever get past. Well, I've never done this before. It don't matter. You can ever get past yourself in your own human ability, in your own human makeup, and you can rest your wings in the power of a supernatural God. You may speak in tongues this morning. You may run. You may dance. You may jump and shout. It doesn't matter. If you can ever get past yourself. Well, we're just old, Brother Joe. We just want the word. How about to have the word plus? Yes. Yes. Well, a little bit of word plus ain't going to hurt nobody. Yes. I've always, well, back in the day I was fat, I liked to eat a lot. <laughs> give me the word, give me more. I was a cheese, I still am a cheesecake lover, so if anybody gets a hang for making cheesecakes, I'll eat it. <laughs> but man, we come to the house of God, we got, man, we all of a sudden, we just got a new, new diet. We got on a new fad. We don't want the emotion. We don't want the tongues. We don't want the dance. Get past yourself one time. Is that right, Sister Laura? Get past yourself one time. You'll find yourself at somebody else's church shouting the house down. You'll find yourself right here when the power of the Holy Spirit drops down. You'll forget about your neighbor. You'll forget about your trouble. You'll forget about your valley. And you'll begin to worship the one who says, I'm gonna lead you through this, son. I'm gonna lead you through this, daughter. I've not forgotten you. I'm still God. I'm still on the mountaintop. I'm there in your valley. I'll see you through this ordeal. See, if we can ever get past ourselves, then you'll run at ease because it'll no more be you doing it, but it'll be him doing it. See, there's no limit, they say Harley to the speed that the plane will go. If there's no limits to the, sp- the speed that the plane will go, then there's no limits to the blessing that God will pour down upon the believer that will believe. How much time do I got? I got plenty of time. My, 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 I got another hour. Notice, he goes, I'm telling you, when you break that traditional barrier, because see, we have a lot of tradition right here. It may not be EOT's tradition, it may be an Adam's tradition, or it could be a Pruitt tradition, or it could be a Runcolly position or position, tradition, whatever that word is, or a butt tradition. Because we all get steeped in our own traditions, right? And now we got all these new people. <laughs> I mean, Brother Creed got his own tradition. Brother Matt got his own. Brother Jack, man, that we're gonna have all kind of traditions up in here. But if we can ever get past the traditions, yeah. how we think it needs to operate. If and if I was a pastor, I'd do this. And if I was a song leader, I'd do this. And if I could play the piano, I wouldn't play it that way. And if I could play the organ, I'd pipe it down a little bit Andrew. because Brother Andrew's just wearing my ear out. But let me just say if you can get past yourself and get past your tradition and let the Holy Ghost <laughs> flow through you, church. And let the power of God come in this service. He'll do more for you than 40 revivals if you can just get past yourself and say, God, come tonight. God, come this morning. I want to give myself away, Lord, and worship you this morning. I'm going to worship you through this valley. I'm going to worship you through my dark time. I'm going to worship you while I'm in the hospital. I'm going to worship you while I'm in jail. I'm going to worship, Lord, no matter where I'm at, no matter my valley. God, you called me to worship, and I'm here to worship you this morning. I'm going to give you praise, Lord. There's a miracle, church. There's a miracle coming. There's a miracle coming. He's coming to your valley. You've got to get past your traditions. Oh, my, I'm telling you, when you break that traditional barrier that Jesus is way back and he isn't now, when you find that he's the same, yesterday, today, and forever, there's no limit. To what God can do right in this convention, Amen. I know some of you—you're waiting for two weeks. Some of you, well, we got to have the big names. Man, well, we got Brother Donnie coming. We got Brother Ron coming. We got Brother—we got the Mayor of Switzerland coming. <laughs> we got that little fire—fireball Andrews, Spencer. Well, I'm sure we're gonna dance. He's going to just worship. We're going to have a good time. But he said, if you can ever get past all that and realize he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, what could God do right here this morning? Some of you got needs. Some of you've had needs. You brought that need to church only to take that need home. But I'm telling you, you get past that, that he's only God when we have special meat and he ain't God on a Wednesday, and he ain't God on a Sunday. But if you can ever believe that he's God this morning, God will bring a miracle to you. God will bring a miracle to you. He'll deliver. He'll set free. He'll heal that body. He's our almighty God and he's never been defeated. Get past yourself. Get past your traditions. Look to what God's gonna do. Don't you put it off on some special meeting. There's no limit to what God can do right here this morning if you'll start believing. Sister Jenny, Brother Kenny needs a healing in that body. I'm here to tell you, there's no limit to what God can do. Look look in front of you. Cancer survivor. Went through a valley. Satan said, I got her. God said, take your hands off of mine. And Satan's put his hands on Brother Kenny. But the church house, the church fire's back this morning. Get your house off of mine or get your hands off of my possession. In the name of the Lord, I rebuke you, Satan. The Word of God is the champion this morning. The Word is greater than anything that you have faced. You may face after Oscar this morning, but the Word is the champion this morning. And he's undefeated. He's undisputed. He's the heavyweight champion of the world say you don't have enough this morning you better crawl back in your little hole called hell because the bride's recognizing who she is this morning oh and you can recognize that he's here this morning that sickness will leave your body brother George that shoulder has been giving you fit 15 months you can believe this morning the healing the miracle's here I said it's here He ain't waiting. He's here. When I stepped up to this platform this morning, there's somebody else met me here. It wasn't Brother Mike. There's an angel present and he's here for a miracle. See that that little catch in your hip? You can believe this morning he'll slide that hip back in place. You'll walk out of here without trouble. That son that you've been praying for, Come on, mom and dad, that daughter you've been praying for. You just wait to what I'm going to show you here in just a few minutes. Oh, that son you've been praying for. Oh, that. And he said, I'll never come home. When he left, he slammed the door in your face and says, I despise you. I want you to know there's a God on the other end of the valley and he's beginning to move on that heart. He's beginning to put things in place. He begins to change. You don't know. You may not be able to see it, but God sees what your human eye can't see. He knows he's beginning to soften that heart, Brother Darrell. He begins to soften that nature and God begins to move on it. And one morning, church. Oh, let me just tell you. Let me go ahead and prophesy. One morning. He's going to say, Mama, I'm home. Mama, I'm home. I come home. Not just to the home. I come back to God. I gave my heart to God. Mama, I'm home. I found my way home. God looks beyond the valley. God knows what he's going to do, church. Oh, I feel like speaking in tongues this morning. I'm going to tell you, if that's you this morning, receive it in the name of the Lord. Claim it this morning. Sister Vicki is for you. Sister Ginny, is for you. Brother Matthew is for you and your family. Claim it this morning, church. You're just on this side of the valley. God's already through it. Come on, church. Worship it. Worship it. Worship it. spoke about it Wednesday night. I'm home. Oh, if I could just share something with you. God's already started moving on a prodigal. You'd have gave up on Matter of fact, we all gave up on God started moving. God started moving. God started moving. When he heard he could come home. Oh my, I wish I could share it, but I'm going to hold it right now. Just trust me, God's moving. God's moving. See, take the limits off. Take the limits off of God. Take the limits off what He can do right here in this service. See, there's no limits to what God is doing in this hour. No limits. No limits. If you don't have anything else to write in your manuscript this morning, just write no limits. No limits. Post it on your refrigerator. Post it in your bathroom mirror. Post it on your car. Post it. My God has no limits. Amen. So, no matter what you're looking at, you can look at that and say, That's my God. My God's already seen me past this valley. My God's already seen me past this struggle. My God's already seen me past that, that, that the situation there and that circumstance. My God has no limits. Brother Bama says, Now, if God promised to heal you, if you have faith tonight, it's either right or wrong. He said, That's right. It's right or wrong wrong if he promised to save you no matter if you're a bootlegger come on some of you that were drunks raise your hand up and let's testify you was in the bar you had you lived that lifestyle it's all right there's several of us but you're here this morning why because God has no limits the devil said you were gonna die down there in that old bar. You weren't gonna, gonna find nobody worth living with. You're never gonna amount to anything. But God says, I got a seed on the inside and ain't enough alcohol to cover that seed up. Ain't enough seed can cover that seed up. Ain't enough dirt to keep that seed from coming up. You may have been a bootlegger. You may have been a dope fiend. You may have been whatever you are. You, if you're a prostitute, whatever it is, Jesus Christ will stoop down and receive you. He that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. See, he says, now I believe his mercies is unlimited. And I believe that tonight his mercies to you are unlimited. You know, the only thing that limits God is your faith. No matter where you are this morning, in your Christian journey. If you're just starting out, or some of you, you've been here, you're like a whatnot. You've just been collecting dust. You've been here that long. Don't take my seat. I'll get all mad. I got. We don't have sign seats in this church. Some of us think so. That's my place. Don't you move me. I want to be right there. You get all out of sorts and you get scooted over a little bit. No matter where you are, you may have been serving him for many years. I want you to know his mercies are unlimited. Grandmother, grandfather, you got kids are dying out in the world. You got grandkids out in the world. But I want you to know the power of God is unlimited for you this morning. If you and Brother Matthew and and Sister Anna will stand up and believe that God will honor that faith this morning. It's unlimited to what God can do if you got faith to put God to the test. It's unlimited, I'm here to tell you. You're, why are you calling us out? I'm not calling you out. I'm challenging you to believe this morning. The power of God is unlimited if your faith can rise up. All things are possible for them that are believed, them that amen in the Word, them that say, yes, Lord, so be it this morning, God. I can't see what you see, God, but I'm going to look through supernatural eyes and I'm going to see the promise. God is unlimited by your circumstances. They don't stop him from moving. Amen. Family strains and complexes, God doesn't fret. Let me just tell you, Lord have mercy, I got my fair share. We ain't gonna go into it, we ain't got enough time this morning. I gotta close here in a little bit. But hey, we all got them. Some of ours, well, you know, they want to be superstars and show out a little bit more than others family complexes they just want to show I guess I'm here. God's not hindered by that family strain. God's not hindered by that complex. God knows what you're going to become. God sees what you can't see. God knows in that valley that you're walking through something that's going to be rubbed off of you. Come on, church. You see your neighbor that you're sitting by? Maybe the neighbor in front of you? Sometimes you're rubbing shoulders against them and maybe you get crossways. God's just rubbing that complex out of your life. He allows those things to happen. But it's your attitude toward it. It Depends on what you're going to get from God. You can get rubbed the wrong way. Well, that's just his idea. Or that's just his thought. Or I ain't never coming back. Thank God we ain't got another church close to huh? Yeah. We may be half the size this morning. Look, let's just be honest. We all been hurt. But newsflash, you're here. Not only are you here, but people are moving in. Oh, they want to share the complex with you. But God's not limited to us. So now what we got to do, church, is we got to learn. Oh, this is the tough one. We've got to learn, Brother Matt, Brother Creed, Brother Jackson, Brother Derek. We've got to learn all these new complexes that kind of get mixed in this bowl called Even Like Tabernacle. And we've got to learn how to fellowship together. And we've got to learn how to worship together. We've got to learn how to get along together. Because you say one crossword against your brother or your sister, you can mar your experience. But God brings you through that valley, Brother Hale. Because he knows what your life was lacking. he knows how to pull things out of you. And not only pull things out of you, but take things off of you. Mm. So, Brother Joe, you sure preaching home? Brother Joe's preaching experience. Preaching experience. Can I go a little further? See, throughout the Bible, hills and valleys symbolizes life's ups and its downs. Now, how many like it when you're up? How many love it when you're down? No, none of us like it when we're down. Some of y'all probably know when I'm down, right? (laughs) I know, I know, I know. I got one of them faces. Can't just hide it. I wish I could. I practice. I told the Lord. I told the Lord the other day in my prayer time, I said, Lord, just change my heart toward the people. Just help me not to, to show that. I've always been like that. I'm just being real for you this morning because we all face it, church. But it doesn't limit God. God's able to take that vessel in its frail humanity and its weaknesses and still use it for the kingdom. And God may take that, in my experience, and prick somebody else's heart and say, you're not alone. The same God that is there for Brother Joe when it's all over his face and his countenance and he don't want nobody around. And y'all laugh. Brother Philip, amen, come on. Let me just tell y'all a brief story. This happened three weeks ago, four weeks ago. We were on our way to Virginia to some special meetings. He was in his car and I was in my car. He was in a completely different hotel. I was in a completely different hotel. But y'all know we're cousins, right? There's a strain that runs between he and I. He woke up in a bad mood all the way to Virginia. I woke up in a bad mood all the way to Virginia. But when we got to church, we had church. Amen. See, God's not limited by the drive up there. God's not limited by your attitude. God is only limited if you fail to worship. And I got into that place. I knew I was in the dumps. I knew I was in the valley. But I was in the Shenandoah Valley. And I was determined. I didn't spend my money. I didn't spend my time. I wasn't coming here to go home missing. I said, God, I want something from you. And God, oh, hallelujah. And God poured it We've seen the power of God fall in that place. So God can do it for you. He can go past your complexes. He can look past your family strength. And I'm going to tell you this morning, there's a miracle in the valley. So anybody can serve God on the mountaintop, but it takes a real believer. It takes a real believer to look at himself in the mirror and say, come on, boy. Take another step. Yes, sir. Come on. It takes a real believer to know when your family's falling apart. You say, we're going to keep it together, wife. Let's go. We're going to go and make our stand. We're going to go and we're going to stand for our son. We're going to stand for our daughter. We're going to stand. Anybody can serve him when he's in the, on the mountaintop because the devil even knows he's God there. But what happens in the valley? You're forsaken. Oh, He don't love you. God says, better watch out. I'm going to show you who I am. The Bible says, all that the Father has given me will come unto me, and I will in no wise cast out. Claim it, Sister Diane. Claim it, Brother Philip. Some of you who's got sons and daughters out in the work. Claim it. That's your scripture. All that the Father has given me. All. We ain't leaving a hoof behind. No, Pharaoh, you can hang it up, buddy. You done met the wrong army this morning. We come and we are excited for service. We serve a God who's unlimited. If he can put a road through a raging sea, what can he do in an evening like tabernacle? Look, we built this church with a lot of excess space. Why? Because we're determined God's going to fill them up and fill them up and fill them up and fill them up. There's going to be prodigal after prodigal after prodigal. Come home. Why? Because there's a miracle in the valley i to tell you, church, you better start believing. You better start expecting. Prodigal, I hear the sound. I hear the sound. I hear the sound of dry bones coming to life. I hear the sound of dead bones coming to life. I hear the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Life is beginning to move out there in the dimensions that you can't see. See, your valley doesn't hinder the prophecy. Your pilgrimage through the valley doesn't keep God from making His words real. See, your valley doesn't limit God moving on your behalf. It doesn't hinder God from hearing your prayers. God knows. I like this. We're going to go through here and I'm going to start making my way down. I didn't say I was going to quit. Just make my way. Psalms 23 and verse 1. The Bible says, a Psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd. The word shepherd there means he's my companion. He's a special friend. You know, the Bible talks about that he will be closer to you than a brother. Aren't you thankful today when it seems like people have forsaken you? You've hurt people, people's hurt you, but he's a companion, he's a special friend. And, he's, and the Bible also says now, <clears throat> excuse me, I shall not want. Otherwise, I shall not lack anything that I desire. Oh my. Somebody turn your faith loose this morning. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, not burn over fields. Green pastures, the idea is that calmness and repose. Green pastures, the idea also is you can lie down fully you're not going to bed hungry. But you ain't green pastures. You know, they make that comment the grass is not always greener on the other side, just the water bills a lot more. That's true here in Arizona and Louisiana. They ain't got grass in Arizona, they got a bunch of sticky cactuses. But we find here, he says now, he maketh us to lie down in green, lush lands. We can be calm. We can just lie down. Then the Bible would tell us, he restoreth my soul. Otherwise, he quickens me or causes me to live. He leadeth me by the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they do come from me. Notice now, your companion is with you no matter how dark your valley gets. Death is on the other side, taunting you, scaring you, accusing you, claiming, well, you got cancer. You're walking through that valley. Sister Lana walked through that cancer valley of the shadow of death. But did you know God was with her? God walked right through that valley with her. Many others, Sister Sharon Baxter, walked through that same valley of cancer. Sister Ruth Wilson, walking, Brother, Brother Ross, walking through that valley and death is knocking, doing everything it can to destroy your resolve in the word. But God says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not gonna fear nothing. I don't have one thing to fear. When death is threatening you, you have nothing to fear. When death is tormenting you, you have nothing to fear. When in the valley of the shadow of death, see, notice now, it's not death, it's only a shadow of it. It's only the negative of what a positive is. But when you're walking through that valley, God is holding your hand. So no matter what you're facing this morning, church, you can walk to it and not be afraid. You can walk to it trusting that God that led you to that valley is going to lead you, lead you through that valley. So it may get dark. It may get gloomy. You may not be able to guide yourself, but you don't have to be alarmed because your friend, that special friend, Jesus Christ, will always walk with you. I'll fear no evil. There'll be no dread in serving the Lord. There'll be no dread because you know no matter where you go, he's faithful. The great shepherd will accompany you no matter where you are in life. Let me just bring this down to some closes here. Deuteronomy 11 and verse 10. See, when God asks his people during the journey, he asks one thing, I want you to trust me. And God's asking you this morning, when you're journeying through Laodicea, I want you to trust me. I don't want you to look around everything that's going on, the political chaos and social chaos and, All the shootings and everything going on with our society. Don't look at all that. I want you to trust me. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 11 verse 10, For the land where thou goest into possess, it is not as the land of Egypt. He's not going to give you something that the world has. From whence you came out, where thou sowest and the seed and the water sit with thy foot as a garden of earth. But the land where you go to possess, it's a land of hills and valleys. It's a land of ups and downs. But it's not of Egypt. And it drinketh water of the rain of heaven. And the land, notice now, the land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it. It's always looking at that land from the beginning of the year even to the end of the year. We can rest in knowing that where God is leading us it's a good land. It's not going to always be A fairy tale. It's not going to always be easy, but it's not going to always be difficult. See, we'll have our good days, we'll have our bad days, but we can rejoice in knowing that God is faithful and He is always there. And God has given us a super sense. He would call it the sixth sense, and that super sense is faith. It's the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost in us will guide us. See, Satan will try to anoint your seed, taste, smell, feel, and hear, and He will try to anoint those things when you're walking through the valley to get you worried, to get you fretful, to get you fearful. But the believer has a sixth sense and they have their faith anchored in the rock of ages and they can walk on through that valley no matter what they face. See, when we're in our valleys, we can choose to let them be obstacles or we can choose to allow our faith to grow and allow ourselves to mature through it. So we find in the word of God this morning and in Psalm 73 and verse 28, But it's good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. That should be our response in any circumstance. I declare the Lord God. When things are not going my way, I still declare and I praise his holy name. Even if I'm in jail like Paul and Silas, I can praise his holy name. Even when my kids are wavering out in the world, I'm still gonna praise his holy name because I'm not looking at what I see, I'm looking at the promise. And God's promised me a miracle in my valley. Notice now, we go to Romans 4 and we start closing this thing down. Romans 4, who against hope, verse 18? You still with me this morning? All right who against hope, he believed in hope, this is Abraham, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was just 15 years old, 25, 47. No, when he was a 100 years old. Neither yet he neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. The Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that, he, that what he promised he was able to perform. Amen. Now you wanna talk about a valley. 25 years of holding on. He didn't receive this when he was 15, 16, 20. In his prime. No, but he received the promise of this child that he was going to be the father of nations at the rightful age of 75. When his body was dried up, Sarah's womb was already dead, it was many years past the time of life. Yet Abraham didn't allow his present condition of his body, which was now dead, to discourage him. Abraham didn't look at the deadness of Sarah's womb and say, God, you're you're limited here. Can you do something? Or God, there's no way. God looked at that and said, I'm gonna bring you a son through that womb. See, Abraham didn't look at those things. The Bible says he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He was fully persuaded that what God promised, he was able to perform. And no matter where you are in your walk this morning, you gotta be fully persuaded. You got to be fully persuaded that he, that he right now on the wings of your prayer that you just spoke and when you spoke, you spoke that name and there's a Holy Spirit that grabbed hold of that name and went to that soul and begins to tear down those walls. You got to be fully persuaded. Abraham was asked to believe something that never happened before. How in the world was he at 75 And his wife, 65, gonna bring forth a child. 25 years later, still holding on to the promise. See, he's as much God today, though, for you, for your circumstance, for your need, as he was for Abraham, as he was for Sarah. He's not limited to your body. He's not limited to your home. He's not limited to your situation. There are no limits, we look here in Genesis 18, and Brother Tim has been preaching on this for a little bit. But we're going we're to take this, and as we, if we look at it just for a few minutes, and the Lord appeared, 18, of verse one, appeared unto him in the plains of the valley of Mamre. And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day, and he lifted up his eyes and he looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw him, he ran to meet them from the tent door, and he bowed himself toward the ground, and he said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away. I pray thee from thy servant, let a little water, I pray you, be fetching and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort you your hearts. After that, you shall pass on. For therefore are you come to your servant. And they said, so do as thou hast said. And Abraham hasted into the tent unto Sarah. And he said, make ready quickly three measures of fine meal it, and, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetch a calf tender and good and give it unto the young man and he hastened to dress it and he took butter and milk and a calf which he had dressed and he set it before them and he stood by them under the tent and they did eat or under the tree and they did eat and they said unto him where is Sarah thy wife and he said behold she's in the tent and he said I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life and lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent which was behind him. Now, Brother Branham brings this down. He says now in the message, is there anything too, far, too hard for the Lord? He said, Abraham was sitting in the tent door on a real hot day. And we know what Brother Tim says about that day. He said, it's hot as hell out there. Yes, it <laughs> right. is. Yeah. It's Louisiana summer, right? It's hot. And perhaps a lot of complaints. Look, we was out there building this fence. We got moody after a little while. That heat will do something to you. It changes your personality. <laughs> you don't believe me? All the electrolytes leave your body and your face is red as a red shirt? Yeah. yeah you want to go home and not be around anybody for at least a month but perhaps a lot of complaints have been coming in lately about the herdsmen all the grass is gone the water's drying up everybody's all out of sorts and here comes Sarah Sarah was in no form shape or fashion to receive these visitors she had her mind on everything else so the prophet of God said you know what she was a little bit fussy that day now I know none of you sisters get like that now Sunday morning you don't get fussy no but here, here she was Brother Bam said she was all out of sorts to miss the visitation. Satan was trying to block Abraham and Sarah because he knew there was an angelic visitation coming. So why does God disturb you on Sunday morning? Why does God cause a little friction on Wednesday night? Because he knows there's an angelic visitation coming. There's a miracle coming to the valley. 25 years they've held on when everything rises up all out of order, then we know something's wrong because I believe maybe if we would listen to Satan, we might miss seeing it like Sarah did. She was kind of a little fussy that morning and she might have said, Abraham, you know the supplies are getting low. Got to make a Walmart run. But we ain't got no money. I don't care. The kids got to eat. I'm like, we can eat ramen noodles. Maybe y'all don't eat ramen noodles. The Supplies are getting low. The herdsman said the pastures all dried up. The water hose, I think you made a mistake. I think you made a wrong decision. Why'd you let Lot go to, go to Sodom? Why didn't we go to Sodom? Well, she had her mind all out of sorts. And a lot of times, that's us. We start looking at what somebody else has and what we don't have. Somebody drives a nice car, pulls up. Let me just say, you, you know when they drive that nice car, you know what they just got? A nice big fat note. Man, don't go, praise God, you got a fat note. Well, you got a pretty carpet, you got a fat, you got seven years to pay on that dude. No, you can have it. But we look at, oh, they got a nice car, and they got this, and they, Brother Joe, he, you know, he always dresses nice. You know where I get my clothes, Goodwill? Yeah, I'm a Goodwill shopper. GW fashion's right there. I ain't afraid I can make Goodwill look good. I ain't got to break the bank, and nor do you. But see, Sarah had her mind all out of sorts. She wanted to go to Talbot's and buy her a nice new dress. Or she wanted to go, I don't know some of y'all girl stores. Shin, that's a cheap place, better not say Shin. Shin. But we got all these places. She was all out of source. But God was coming to the valley to manifest a miracle. And everything that she could think about was, Abraham, why? Abraham, you've been telling me this for 25 years, and ain't nothing changed yet. But that day was a different day. And I'm going to tell you, even like Tabernacle, you've been hearing about a body change for a long time. But this day, Brother Mike, it's a different day. There's a miracle, and it's come to your valley an angelic visitation has come down to visit ELT to visit the bride around the world but you gotta get your mind you gotta get your attitude you gotta get yourself in a place that you can receive the message see if we're not careful we'll let our circumstances dictate our attitudes and then our attitudes dictate what we get from God See, all she saw was this is happening. That is happening. And Abraham was taking too much time. I mean, we're working so hard and we're barely getting by. You know what the prophet of God said Abraham did? Abraham was getting old. He was 100. Huh? Huh? She's complaining. Huh? Sometimes losing hearing ain't a bad thing. Huh, she's nagging, huh? Abraham, man, he just sat in the tent of the other day smiling. Huh? He wasn't hearing her bicker. He wasn't hearing her fuss. Some of you brothers, don't say amen right now. You wait till later, catch me when you're by myself. And Brother Joe, you're right on right there. But Abraham sat in the tent door. He wasn't listening to all that. The prophet of God said he began to reflect on all the good things, all the blessings that God had done for him. Notice, he'd come out of the land of Shinar. Abraham wasn't complaining about what happened to him in the land of Shinar. He wasn't complaining about what this one done and that one done. Abraham knew I was following the Lord. I'm seeking up a city whose builder and maker is God. I don't know where God's gonna lead me, but I know one thing where he does, he's gonna manifest a miracle. And God may have brought you from Arizona. God may have brought you from Texas. God may have brought you from Georgia. But let me tell you, God has led you to the valley so that he can manifest himself to you to you and to your family. Start reflecting on the good things that God has done. looking at this one that hurts you, and that one hurts you, and that failed experience, and that bad situation. He was in an attitude of receiving. And he said, my Lord. And when his Lord came, he says, where is Sarah, thy wife? She's in the tent. He says, about this time, about this time, 28 days, I'm going to manifest. Abraham, because you've served me, because you believe me, because you've been faithful for 25 years, Sarah, thy wife, notice he calls her name. Sarah. Sarah. Going to have a son. All the waiting is now over. Notice. See, they're sitting there. All she could do was complain. The prophet God said he kept himself in a spiritual atmosphere all the time so that he could recognize what's wrong and what's right so he could receive the message. So he can receive that angelic visitation when it showed up. See, there's times we come to church. Don't don't raise your hand right here. You're all out of sorts. You say, Brother how do you know? Because your face shows it. I'm there. He says, when you come to church that way, you get nothing out of coming to church. He said, you might as well stay home. Now, I ain't telling you to stay home. That's what your prophet said. But he said, sometimes we come like that and he says, you just you might as well stay home. You're not going to get anything out of it. But Abraham kept himself in an atmosphere to where he can receive because he knew one day that visitation was coming because he knew the promise was drawing close. Church, our promise is drawing close. This is not just words that we've been hearing for 25 years. No, there has been a junction. There has been a change. There's been a dispensational change in this hour. The word has become so real and there's a people sitting like Abraham under an expectation for the visitation. Notice now, the prophet of God says, Where or where is Sarah, thy wife? She's in the tent door. And, and Sarah laughed within herself. And he said, Now God should have struck her dead right there because she denied, she lied into the face of God. But God could not destroy Sarah because she was part of Abraham. Church, we have done things, we have laughed in the face of God. God move on my kid. I mean, have you seen? What they're doing? Have you seen where they are? Brother Joe, there's no way. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. See, there's a miracle. These angels came to manifest a miracle. At the time appointed, Sarah, thy wife, will bring forth a son. And when we believe God can't do it for us, but he can do it for somebody else, all we essentially is doing is laughing in the face of God. And look what he says. Is anything too hard for God? Is any situation too hard for God? Is any struggle, any trial too difficult for God? Is your age too impossible for me? Is that lifestyle Too difficult for me to break? Let me just, I'm closing right here. The Bible will tell us in Hebrews, Hebrews 11, through faith also Sarah herself, she received strength to conceive seed. And she was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful. And if I can get you to judge him faithful this morning, No matter what you're facing, if you can judge him, look beyond the deadness of your own body, the deadness of your own spirit, the deadness of your kids, whatever the family situation. Look past that, beyond that, and judge him faithful this morning. You'll bring forth that promised son. Notice, all we have to do the prophet of God was say, the only thing that Sarah had to do was to believe that Abraham, her husband, what he had said, and Abraham told her that he was going to have a baby. Why it's so simple, but yet it's so difficult. And God's asking for you tonight or this morning to believe. See, in order for Sarah to receive her miracle, she had to judge him faithful who gave the report. And we, this morning, must also judge him faithful. She received a life-changing message. And this message has been sent to you in this hour to change your life some of you were the worst of the worst or some of you were on the road to be the worst of the worst. But God stepped in the middle of your road and he turned your life around. See Abraham and Sarah's miracle came to them in the valley and your miracle is coming to you in your valley. There's a young man. Cue that up if you would. Don't play it, just cue it up. So no matter your condition this morning, no matter what the doctors report, no matter how you're feeling, no matter what you see, what you don't see, how you feel, how you don't feel, there's an angel Lord that's here. There's been another angelic visitation come to this service this morning. He met me here when I stepped behind this sacred desk. And he's here to announce to you that according to the time of life, at the time appointed, your miracle is in the valley. You can have this morning, church, whatsoever things your heart desires. It's not too late. God hasn't forgotten you. God hasn't forgotten his promise. Let me just say this to you that have lost sons and daughters out there. They're not too far gone But what the hand of God can't reach down and save. young man, he's probably in his middle 30s, grew up in the message. He had a very, he's, he's, he's streaming in right now and I got permission. I'm gonna tell you the power of God. Brother Isaiah, Brother Isaiah, man gave up on you. Family gave up on you but God didn't give up on you. This young man, Grew up in the message, but at the age of 18, he walked out. Maybe he walked out because, you know, I I believe if I had the story correct that I've received from his uncle, that young man was kind of had a, kind of a, I'm trying to say this in the right way, but he kind of had a squeaky voice or, you know, kind of like a feminine type voice. And so his dad would say, oh, you're just gay. And so this young man at 18 years old didn't know what gay men and he, when he grew up in the message, he began to look and try to figure out what this word was and this is what he is. Well, so at the age of 18 he began, he left the church and he went and he was a gay man for 19 years. He lived, and I got his permission, he lived a homosexual lifestyle for 11 years. I ask you, is anything too hard for God? I ask you, is your kid in that situation? Practicing homosexual. 19 years. Oh, I know your child is in sin. You would have gave up on this young man. The church gave up on this young man. There's no way, Brother Darrell, he's ever coming back. I mean, look at him. He is full-blown in this alternative lifestyle. There's no hope. There's no way. There's no use of even praying and believing. 19 years. But his grandpa got sick and had to have a heart surgery. And he flew to Michigan to be with his granddad and be with his cousins. And one of his cousins, Brother Jordan Robinson, met him out in in the parking lot and said, Isaiah, you need to come to Brother Ron Spencer's meetings. He said, okay, I'll come. He said, he booked a ticket, booked a hotel without even thinking twice. He said, now that's not me normally. He goes, I normally have to think things too. He said, but I come to Brother Ron's service. I wasn't expecting anything, but I was praying for it. And he said, by golly, the fire of God came pouring down. And I want you to watch the transformation.
1: Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's the all that's stealing. And your desperate for some me. See him right
0: to the kind of middle, to the right. His uncle's in black praying for him. He's got a little man bun on his head. Watch him. years.
1: There he is in the bottom corner. Come on, church. I
0: ain't no sinner. My God can't save. to the water straight to the water Satan says I'm going to crown his life with homosexuality but God says I got other plans God says I got other plans I'm God of the hills I'm God of the valley oh 19 years look at the transformation oh Satan says I'm going to put sin on his life I'm going to ruin him I'm going to make him a homosexual but God says I got the final say there ain't no sinner but what my god of the hills he's the god of the valley he don't care where you are if you'll just come to him this morning he's the same yesterday today and forever and in the Shenandoah valley on a saturday night investigating angels came to that service because there was a seed there oh it's been covered up for 19 years but it didn't matter to god I said it didn't matter to God come on sister Lord we're going to have to sing that again 19 years of practicing homosexual and you think about your child you think about your loved one you think about your situation you think it's hopeless you think there's no way you think God forgot about you oh come on church he didn't know why he came but there's a miracle that came to that valley. There was a miracle that came to that soul. And today, he's no longer identified with that personality. Today, you, he's known by Brother Isaiah Robinson. Today, he's got a testimony that our God is able. Our God's hand is not short, but what it came. here to tell you there's a miracle in the valley come on sister laura
2: are you past the point of weary Let's worship you is your burden weighing heavy is it all too much to carry let me tell you about my Jesus do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all the stealing, and you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Oh, He makes a way.